of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Welcome to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST. Broadcasting from the Hoppy Kerchival Building in Martinsburg. Welcome into the Tuesday edition of Panhandle Live, the day after Christmas. Hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas celebration with your family and friends. And uh, if you're traveling today, that you're safe. We appreciate you having us along for the ride as well. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto. Taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. The crew is back a little later this week. Uh, Panhandle Sports Live will be back on the radio tomorrow as well. Uh, but folks are just kind of taking a little time off to, to be with their family. But as I mentioned, I'm here, and I'm happy that you're here with us as well. Joining us via phone, uh, answering the call <laughs> early this morning, is 97th District Delegate John Hardy. Welcome in. Hey, good morning, Marsha. I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas and uh, was able to spend some time with your family and eat way too much. If you're uh, like our family, it seems like we had uh, everything you could think of to eat in the last couple of days. Isn't that part of the, the whole joy of the season? <laughs> I hear Christmas calories don't count. No, no. We, you have to just kind of take that week from Christmas to New Year's off. So do you travel or do you have folks come to your house usually? No, I'm very blessed. All my family lives very, very close. And so we we, we don't have to travel for Christmas. Um, it's uh, all the family's close. And, and uh, my kids, my youngest daughter's home from Morgantown and, uh, so it was uh, it was nice. Everyone was here, and we was able to see most of our family over the holidays. That is awesome. So I know, uh, as as you've uh, mentioned here before, uh, a few few months ago, I guess it was you announced that uh, you you know you're sitting delegate right now, but the next election cycle you're going to be going uh, for county commission. So uh, you know that puts things in a different perspective. But you still have another general session to to get through that's happening very soon uh next month as a matter of fact so talk about some of your legislative ideas yeah so it's been really busy uh the campaign for uh, berkeley county commission is in full swing uh we've done a few events for that and trying to get that campaign off the ground and getting uh getting that out to as many people uh to know that we're that we are going to be running for the um tuscarora district of the berkeley county commission which is a full county-wide election uh, but also uh, been busy gearing up for legislative session. This is my last uh, legislative session in the House. Um, so I've, I've got a lot of legislation that I've been working on, and I'm excited to talk a little bit about some of that. Well, yeah, let's talk about it. And, and um, I'm, I'm sure that you've got the lens now. Obviously, um, you've been a Berkeley County resident, but you're also um, you're representing the Eastern Panhandle in the state legislature and going for a seat now on the Berkeley County Commission. Um, so I'm sure a lot of your attention is tuned toward uh, some of those unique issues that we're facing here. So talk about that. Yeah, some of my past legislation has really been geared around the Eastern Panhandle and um, some of the uh, practices of the centralized location that we have in Charleston, uh, kind of pulling resources from the Eastern Panhandle, uh, trying to re retain those uh, 
those assets and those resources in the Eastern Panhandle to be that money that's collected here to be spent here. And that one of those was with the uh, the excise tax reform bill. But I'm pretty excited to talk about uh, a piece of legislation that I'm working on uh, for our seniors uh, here in the Eastern Panhandle, you know, with our rising um, cost of housing and uh, what our homes are worth with our real estate prices uh, skyrocketing, the our real estate taxes are going up. And I'm worried about our seniors. So our seniors, uh, you know, sometimes get caught in the switches on fixed income. And, you know, maybe their homes have been paid for for 20 or 30 years, but the real property taxes have been going up and uh, fixed income to get caught with that. So I have a piece of legislation to expand upon a piece of legislation that we already have, which is a senior citizen's tax credit. And it's basically an expansion of the homestead exemption. So that piece of legislation has been around but has not been very well utilized. So what I am proposing to do is to lower the standard uh, on which uh, it, you are able to receive that. And the old standard was 125% of the poverty level. We, we're going to change that to the 200% of the poverty level. And at, right now at this time, there's only $10 million in the state coffers that is uh, able to be used for those refunds. Uh, we're going to try to raise that to $25 million to have more money available uh, to help our seniors with these tax credits on their real estate. Uh, another piece of legislation that I'm excited about is working to move some one-time money into our uh, courthouse facilities improvement fund. Uh, and uh, with that, we have so many counties that are growing their courts. Um, there's about five or six counties whose court systems are growing, new magistrates, new circuits, uh, Jefferson County is going to get a new circuit. Berkeley County is going to grow another two magistrates. I think Jefferson County will get another magistrate. So the way the Constitution is set up, the counties are responsible for providing the courtroom space um, and the state pays for the judges. So what I'm trying to establish is a matching grant fund that will be facilitated by that board of the uh, Courthouse Facilities Improvement Board. So a county like Berkeley County or Jefferson County could say, hey, we need to do a $10 million improvement. Um, if we put $5 million up, will the board be able to put $5 million up? So it's basically it's it's uh, the counties having local buy-in, but also the states being able to have some one-time monies to help these um, counties that are their court systems are growing. So these are ideas you have, uh, bills that you are likely to uh, promote. Do you, do you have any idea how much support you might get? Uh, obviously, a lot of the Eastern Panhandle delegation works together on some of these ideas. But um, do you think these ideas, both of these that you floated, will will um, get some, uh, you know, groundswell? Well, we'll certainly work. You know, we, we will certainly work to promote them. Um, I've been working a little bit in interim sessions discussing these with uh, other delegates throughout the state and senators. And uh, they there seems to be a, a good bit of support for the senior citizens tax credit. There's only about six counties that have – uh, the growing courts, uh, but we're also going to put a caveat in there. Like, let's say you're, let's say you live in Wayne County and your courthouse needs a uh, $250,000 worth of repairs. You're also will be available to apply for the money. So it's not going to just be for the courts that are growing, but also people that need uh, counties that need repairs to their courthouses. And we know that there's plenty of aging infrastructure out there uh, in our courthouses. So uh, it, it'll be open to you know every county in the. Uh, in the state. So hopefully uh, that will help make it a little bit more appealing to uh, our other delegates and other senators. 
wanted to get your perspective in, in just a minute, too, about some of the, the local perspective about um, especially that first idea that you were floating. But I wanted to give you a chance to also talk about uh, what else you have planned for the general session that's coming up in a matter of a, a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, I think, you know, it looks like um, with the numbers that we've been able to hit with the uh, uh, from last year's budget that we're probably going to hit the parameters to be able to do another tax cut on uh, personal income taxes. So right now, uh, the personal income tax we did tax cut was it was 21 and a quarter percent or 21. It's somewhere 21 and a half. It was somewhere right around in there was the tax cut that we were able to do on personal income taxes. Um, and we looks like we're going to hit the trigger to maybe do another 10 percent. I think you're going to hear the governor uh, I'm hearing some rumors that maybe there's going to be some positive things that comes out of the governor's office uh, talking about locality pay. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful for that. I'm also, I uh, think the governor's probably going to propose another pay raise for our public employees. So we'll uh, have to, you know, work into the budget uh, how we can um, uh, fiscally responsibly be able to perform that uh, that pay raise. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of interesting things that's going to happen, and it really takes about one or two weeks to kind of get the flavor of the, the legislature to kind of see how things are going to work this upcoming session. So uh, hopefully it will be as productive as last year. Last year was one of the most productive sessions that I had been in, been involved in since I've been in the legislature. So I wanted to ask you, because I think uh, you probably got a lot of folks' interest when you said, well, you know, the governor's floating this idea of another pay raise. Do you have any, you know, and I know this gets talked about a lot, do you have any idea what that might look like? Is this another incremental like 5% or is this something that uh, would make a big impact? Because obviously we've also been talking a lot on, on our network uh, here and on Metro News about the PEIA premiums going up. Uh, so anything, you know, could offset, but could it also, you know, improve the lot for workers in the state? Well, everything that I've heard has just been rumor. Uh, you know, the governor's office, uh, keeps their budget really, really tight. Um, you know, they don't talk about it very much until the state of the state address. And we usually get a copy of that budget about five minutes before the governor comes out to give the state of the state. Uh, obviously, the House, we've been working on our budget. The Senate's been working on their budget. Uh, and then, you know, we will spend in that 60-day session trying to meld those three budgets together to make sure that, uh, you know, we perform our only constitutional duty is to come out of our 60-day session with a balanced budget for the state of West Virginia. So it can be challenging at times, but I have been hearing some rumblings from the governor's office about, you know, some things that may come out. I think that we may, and like I said, none of this is substantiated, but may see a 5% pay increase for public employees. I know that last year we did a pay increase, but that was completely offset by the rise in the PEI insurance, which uh, was kind of uh, forced upon us by the private sector. The, the governor had not wanted to raise um, premiums for a long time, and the private sector had kind of taken all they was going to take on the reimbursement rate, so something had to be done. So our guest this morning is 97th District Delegate John Hardy, who's also going to be running next year uh, to, to be a Berkeley County Commissioner. Uh, I wanted to ask you, and I guess this is a hybrid question, so you can answer it as, well, if I were in the legislature, I'd be doing this. If I were in the commission, I'd be doing this. Um, but speaking of specifically local issues, particularly in the panhandle, uh, we have some some issues with folks being able to afford housing. Uh, we've 
we talk a lot about it, locality pay. Um, that was brought up during that uh, the the uh, debates uh, or the forum, the governor the gubernatorial uh, forum uh, earlier this month in in Morgantown. Um, and our Alice numbers, the folks who are working but still can't really afford the cost of living are up. How can uh, folks in leadership such as you, either in the legislature or the county commission, help um, folks, you know, boots on the ground, kitchen table issues, uh, where, you know, it's hard for them to, to um, you know, pay the mortgage. It's hard for them to pay those uh, utilities, the sewer bill, uh, the water bill, all those. Um, how can you help? Well, we've seen that this has been a you know a rising problem, not only here in the Eastern Panhandle, but uh, throughout the throughout the country, uh, with you know uh, record-setting uh, uh, cost of living has has risen so much um, with the with inflation and things just cost so much more to put food on the table and to pay the bills, and it's really been a struggle. And I think that the way that we combat that is that we work through economic development. I, I, I've told the story that we've been gaining some votes on the locality pay from certain areas of the state where we have worked, the Eastern Panhandle delegation has worked to bring good things to other areas. So we've worked with the new cores of the world to bring that to Mason County. And, and that's been phenomenal. That's changed Mason County, you know, generational change to Mason County. And we've been able to bring those uh, local legislators on board to understand the challenges that we have because they see their areas changing. We've passed some legislation for the northern part of, of the state to make huge economic gains up there. Um, we've gotten a lot of economic reports up there about uh, it's, it's like a new day up there of all the new things that are happening, and, and we're making those areas better. So I think the more that we can work to, to work to make the state better economically throughout, uh, you know, the saying is the rising tides raise all ships, um, the better it is for the eastern panhandle. To deal with the housing issue, um, you know, I'm not really sure exactly how the legislature tackles that. That is a, a very difficult problem. Uh, I'd heard from one of the magistrates about the eviction rate. Uh, there's an extremely high eviction rate in the eastern panhandle. Uh, rents have been steadily climbing. Uh, people being able to afford rent and, and uh, clothing and um, keeping groceries on the table has become very difficult in the last year and a half. And uh, hopefully we'll start to see some of this inflation recede and uh, the cost of living uh, to, to shrink a bit. I, I heard the other day that it cost a family of four $11,000 more per year to live the same type of life that they were living a year and a half ago. So uh, it, uh, it is, it's very concerning. That's very sobering. Well, uh, switching gears a little bit, uh, we, we bring in a lot of industry and uh, new business here in the Eastern Panhandle because of our proximity and hard work from our economic development authorities. But um, any ideas about infrastructure and how to support all this new growth? Yeah, so that's one of my main concerns, one of the main things that I've been working on. So uh, I think we've spoken in the past that uh, the governor named me to the IJDC, which is the Infrastructure's Job and Development Council, and work really closely with them on funding for infrastructure projects and also work with the WDA, which is the Water Development Authority. So we've been able to work to get uh, about $50 million in grants uh, for Berkeley County for water development. Um, some of that was work that was done uh, by myself and Senate President Craig Blair and also with uh, past County Commission President um, uh, Doug Copenhaver, uh, able to bring some county money in to the fold 
uh, some of our ARPA funds. So we was able to bring some of that money into the fold. So there's going to be about $130 million worth of water infrastructure development in the eastern Panhandle in the upcoming year and a half. Uh, some of that is going to be uh, raising the capacity of some of our water treatment plants, new distribution lines to be able to get the newly treated water to the areas where we need it. Um, we are are pretty good shape on our sewer capacities. We've had a, we've had a, we've put a lot of new sewer plants in in the last ten years, but obviously that will be something that will be continually have to be monitored. Uh, one of the main things that really concerns me is is our Department of Highways. Um, as a county commissioner, uh, you don't really have much oversight of your road systems. That's a state issue, and I think it's really time for the Department of Highways to step up and be proactive in coming up with a five- and ten-year traffic plan for the Eastern Panhandle. I think for so many years, the Department of Highways has been, um, you know, not really having the money that they need to be uh, effective, and and they've just been reactive. And uh, the legislature has given them an additional $150 million every year for the past four years uh, to use for road maintenance and slips and ditching and all the things that needs to be done to maintain the roads that we have. And and I think that's a really strong question for the next governor. Uh, what are you going to do to be proactive in the areas that are receiving uh, massive amounts of growth in our road systems? Our guest this morning is 97th District Delegate John Hardy. Appreciate you uh, coming on with us on what is pretty much everyone's Christmas break. So I appreciate you making some time for us. If someone wants to uh, communicate with you about some of these ideas or find out more about uh, your campaign uh, for county commission, how can they find out more? Yeah, so I have the easiest way to, to contact me is uh, I have a, a Facebook page for my delegate, and that's John Hardy for delegate. Uh, and uh, actually, it's just John Hardy, uh, Delegate John Hardy is on my Facebook page. Um, you can always reach out to me uh, via my email, which is john.hardy at house.org. Uh, if for any questions or information that you may need, uh, constituent support, I'm always working to help constituents with some types of problem. I've just, just last week, I was working with someone who was having a DMV issue. Uh, we worked through issues with the state tax department, uh, you know, really any anything that people are having problems with on the state level, um, not really that we have, uh, you know, all the magic answers, but we, as a delegate, we kind of know who we need to talk to. So it's really just kind of getting the information in front of the right people to be able to handle the problems in which our constituents are having. Delegate John Hardy, hopefully you'll be able to, to touch base with us once the general session starts and give us some updates. I sure will. I appreciate the opportunity and I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas and have a very uh, happy and safe New Year's. Awesome. Thanks for being on today. Thank you. More Panhandle Live after this quick break. You're listening to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network. You're listening to Panhandle Live on WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. Scratch my back with lightning bolt. Thunder rolls like a bass drum note. The sound of the weather is heaven's ragtime band. Welcome back into Panhandle Live, the Tuesday edition, day after Christmas. Hope you guys are all doing great. Uh, you know, the weather's not as bad as, as it could be this time of year. Uh, we could be having a lot of snow. We have in years past. This time last year, you may remember we had uh, below uh, freezing temperatures, uh, power outages, all of that. 
uh, made our Christmas uh, celebration a little interesting as we had to leave our house and uh, and seek shelter in some of our beautiful state parks here in West Virginia. So um, talk about making memories. We sure did. Uh, we're going to be talking about making memories on the ski slopes a little later on in the show because we're going to have a guest on from the West Virginia Ski Areas Association, Joe Stevens, on to give us you know the rundown of, of who's open. We've got a lot of ski resorts available here in our listening area, a short drive away. And, and although the temperatures today right here where we sit may not be great for skiing because it's a little rainy and a little mild for that. Uh, when you go into the mountains, it, it may be just the perfect uh, temperature and and climate there. Uh, so uh, look for that around 945. We'll also be talking to our friends from Star Theater a little later uh, from beautiful Berkeley Springs uh, in the program. I uh, wanted to give a quick news recap. We may get to a little more uh, before the show is done but uh, this broke late last week. 15 people have pleaded guilty for their roles in a prison contraband scheme in Maryland that included the use of drones to smuggle drugs, uh, cell phones, and other items into the Roxbury Correctional Institution in Maryland, in uh, Hagerstown. Uh, the investigation began in April of last year after authorities recovered drugs and other contraband that had been smuggled into the prison after an inmate returned to the facility from a hospital visit. So 15 people pleading guilty for their roles in that. That's a huge um, arrest uh, and and conviction. Of course, the AG over in Maryland says uh, this is part of their continued efforts to um, you know keep those uh, prisons uh, drug free and safe for the inmates as well. So uh, you know they crack down on that. And those uh, guilty pleas um, mean that there there should be some extended time for folks who were inmates and. Some new time for folks who were on the outside and got recruited via social media to be part of that operation. We're going to have more Panhandle Live after this quick break, and we'll be speaking with uh, Paul Johansson from the Star Theater. Get a recap and, and a look ahead. You're listening to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network. We're talking about the issues that matter most to you. Now, back to Panhandle Live. Welcome back into Panhead Live, the Tuesday edition brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full service auto care with a higher level of care with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville online to countyroadstireonline.com. And we appreciate their support of local radio and also a friend of local radio uh, joining us via phone from beautiful Berkeley Springs is Paul Johansson from the Star Theater. Welcome in. Wow. Well, hello. I'm uh, recovering from the holidays, as I imagine Luke actually is, right? <laughs> well, I he's think he's been, family. I, he's actually just recovering. You know what? I'm I'm not going to uh, – well, I kind of am going to call him out. I think he's at some sort of sports thing today. <laughs> he probably did Christmas with his family, but um, good, he and his good. dad are – are doing and that's I guess that's family bonding too if you're the Wiggs yeah. household. Uh, I think he's at some sporting thing. I, I don't know. I'm sure he'll talk about it tomorrow on Panhandle Sports Live or uh, uh, sometime soon this week. Uh, but uh, how was Christmas? Uh, did, and did you guys have enough oh pancakes God. and all that? Oh uh, my God, no, it was it was crazy. Um, uh, recovered. I'd say the it, it last week and the week before were just like a blur. Um, you had you had Jack Zimmer or Zach uh, Zach Shrewsbury on last week. That's right. He and 
the other congressional candidate on the party uh, had a forum. That was absolutely amazing. It was a blowout. Um, I'm so not a lot of folks came? So, a lot of folks came, mm-hmm. and the questions, I mean, people ask questions and they actually answer them, which is cool for a debate. This <laughs> is what you're supposed to do. But Always helpful. Did it. I know. Oh, my gosh. They were actually answering questions. Uh, so, um, I thought that was an amazing success. The Weber Brothers on the 23rd was amazing. They are absolutely incredible. I assume most people have listened to them. Um, we're starting to wrap up the Christmas holidays, though, so we got White Christmas tonight. And then we're looking to January, which I thought would have something to do with sleeping a lot. But apparently my wife had other ideas. So well, you guys own, what, three comes. businesses? Yes, yes. We're actually There's no legitimately sleep. crazy. <laughs> There's yes, no sleep. It, there shall be no sleep here. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, by the way, uh, tell our listeners, in, in case they're new to the, to the program, uh, what, yeah. your, what your businesses are. Uh, businesses are the Star Theater, Historic Star Theater in Berkeley Springs, so you go into town, you see the bright red neon lights flashing, then you go inside and it's still red. Um, you just decided to go with red, gold, and black theme inside, and now that it's fixed up, it looks amazing. Um, I mean, just there was so much to bring bring it up to the colors that, that, that showed it off, so people have been using it. And we have our new sound system, and it shakes the walls. So that's continuing to excite people. It's very cool in a historic theater. It is. And then, of course, we have our Lazy Sunday Diner. Uh, we make homemade ice cream, and we have Fairfax Coffee House. And there's a ton of other businesses in town, um, Mineral Springs Trading Company. I could go on a long list, but I will bore you quickly. A bunch of them opening up, uh, Lot 12, Country Inn. Um, there's a ton to do around here. And when you don't want to be in shopping, there's hiking and biking and walking and everything in the area so it's it, it's a uh, plenty to do right outside of town you know there's a there's a hike at Capen too for um there is. for new year's day mm-hmm. yep and there's there was a race last week down down the main street which i didn't know anything about but apparently um people were doing some sort of a short run from somewhere to welcome <laughs> in uh, i wasn't sure if it was solstice or what it was but it it, it got delightfully wonky for a little bit they weren't running for pancakes the... They weren't running for pancakes. They might have been, but they didn't make it. So <laughs> it was the wrong day. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it, so it was a good season. This is something that, you know, the busyness of Christmas and December, you'll probably replicate again in 2024. We're, we're, we got actually the ordinary stuff coming. We've got a holdovers, Iron Claw with possibly we're working out a relationship with in Martinsburg, a World Domination Wrestling Association. Uh, we're talking about them and bringing some of their folks out here to actually be the f- display. Uh, we're going to have Iron Claw this weekend. They have they hopefully get back with us. Hopefully show up, but there may be some display out front. But we're playing Iron Claw, which is a A24 release. Um, really interesting. Um, it's an arts movie, but it's a theme about a, a I guess the most famous wrestling family. Uh, in world wrestling entertainment, and it's Zach Efron. Efron, yes, he's yeah. really bulked up for this. I saw a picture on the uh-huh. interwebs. Oh yeah. yeah, it's like oh my gosh! And then we've got Taylor Swift. We're going to do the tour um, concert on. Uh, well, it's on the website, but we're going to have a costume thing. I think that's on January seventh. Oh wait, hold on, back yeah. up. Yep, you said costume thing. Yeah. All right. So You're explain. Coming. Marsha's coming in her costume for Taylor Swift, she says. 
Oh, did I misinterpret? I might send one of my offspring. One of them might still be a Swifty. (laughs) Okay, so if people are dressing in costume, are they dressing in the different eras represented in the concert, or are they just trying to look like Taylor Swift? Or they they come with a cat draped around their I don't know what my wife put up. I will not be showing up in Taylor Swift costume. I didn't think it's quite my thing. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess I could be convinced for marketing purposes, but I'd have to be paid a little more. And you're discouraging (laughs) the draping of a cat around your your shoulders. And draping of a cat around your shoulder. If it's a very, very peaceful cat, go right ahead. But otherwise, uh, you know, stay safe. The likelihood of that. <laughs> in a theater, yeah. Talk about I've got a cat I could do that with. <laughs> crying, crying fire in a crowded theater, letting a cat right. loose in right. a crowded theater probably not a good idea either. I've been in I've been in men's work for thirty years. It's always called herding cats. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a large group of people to cooperate on something it can be it can be an interesting challenge. All right, and, so and if got, yeah, if folks want more drill down on the costume aspect of the Eras <sighs> Tour concert, they can go to where. They can go to to find out more about the costumes aspect. So let me pull my wife in over here, Trey. If people hey, want Trey. to find out more, contract. Um, let me pull off. Yeah. Oh, nope. I hear her in the background. There we go. Hey, Trey. How to find out more about costumes? Oh, honey, just come in costume. Are you kidding? Oh, she says go. just come in costume. Okay, thanks, Trey. All right, it's <laughs> me, and I'm. Putting back on mic here myself. Okay. Live radio, folks. Um, so let's see. The other big things coming up. Um, January 20th, there's a Berkeley Spring Wellness Festival at the Country Inn, uh, 10 a.m. to 3. And then we follow it with our annual variety show, which started last year. It was called uh, the Berkeley Springs Follies. Uh, this year it's called the uh, Whole Lot of Love a Palooza. Um, we were a little blown out of the water last year because we ended up unaware of it. Notice there was a bunch of professional performers that got in our act, and we had a, a one person who was a crooner. I mean, along the lines of um, uh, Frank Sinatra. I mean, we're doing he's doing an impersonation, and it's like, oh my god, this guy is not. It's like international class type stuff. Uh, and then we have a whole bunch of crazy stuff with me, of course, uh, distracting people between acts. Well, there's there's a lot of talent. There's a lot. There's in... a lot of talent out here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that sounds like fun. Reverend Bob on the 9th, um, Braver Angels coming in March. Um, and we're starting, the big thing is we're probably going to start a Western Wednesdays. What? Um, yes. Oh, you I know. know they're going to be, can those folks come in costume? Um. Yeah, actually, some people do. I just didn't think about it. Uh, a lot of people like the old westerns, and we're going to be doing a mix. I think we're going to pull up the fifty best westerns um, that we can find um, and start he showing them on Western. Wednesdays in February. <laughs> yes, <laughs> westerns. Uh, so all the way back from the old day stuff and um, costumes. Um, We'll put something as a discount if you come in costume. That's come on, you put that out in the nice. ether. That's amazing. It, yeah, and something weird happened. We played Three Godfathers for Christmas, which is a Western. John Wayne. But And, and it's not The Godfather. Yeah. No, it's not The Godfather, although some someone uh, joked about that. No, it's The Three Godfathers, obviously following loosely the theme, uh, biblical theme, but of The Three Wise Men. Um, and... And we got somebody who must be like 
crazy famous or something shared it online. So we ended up all of a sudden our our Facebook page is blowing up and we don't know what that is going on. So it may have stimulated us to and we had people from Hawaii, from Czechoslovakia, it was all over the world. I don't know what the heck that was. But we had like three thousand shares and it was going nuts. So we're going to find out uh, if we can serve that demographic and have people coming in from Czechoslovakia and, and coming to Western films. Seems odd, but may happen. Well, I mean, um, people are know. cultural, either, you know, cultural yeah. tourists, right? They, they come <laughs> for the kitsch. You know, you can't find good Westerns anywhere but like America, right? Um, if you act, we actually did this last year. We did a 13 series uh, Western. And when you actually go into the history of Western, it goes through like four or five big shifts. I mean, you have the spaghetti Westerns, which were, of course, Clint Eastwood and a bunch done. And Italy took off with that themselves. But the contrast between the genres is really incredible. So our guest this morning is Paul Johansson from the Berkeley Springs uh, Star Theater and other uh, business locations throughout. Uh, we hope that you have a good restful rest of 2023, and we will catch you again on the flip side uh, right. in 2024. That'll be wonderful. Thank you for uh, taking in my manic recovery energy from, from 2023. <laughs> Looking forward to a little bit of rest and then getting into gear for 2024. More on the flip side of this break. You're listening to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network. Country Roads Tire and Auto takes you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care. With the best service warranty in the industry, Country Roads Tire and Auto has you covered by a nationwide limited repair warranty that extends for 24 months or 24,000 miles, whichever comes first. Your official Goodyear dealer and AAA facility, Country Roads Tire and Auto has trained ASC certified techs with two convenient locations, Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Let Country Roads Tire and Auto take you home. Learn more at Country Roads Tire online you're listening to Panhandle Live on WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. Welcome back into Panhandle Live, the Tuesday edition, day after Christmas. Hope everyone is doing well. And if you're traveling, please be careful because in the Panhandle, it's a little rainy. As a matter of fact, related to my next guest, I want to make an announcement that Whitetail up the road in Maryland uh, has paused operations uh, to, uh, today, beginning today, to allow the snow base to be preserved uh, because of that incoming rain. But that's not the case in a lot of the ski resorts in West Virginia. Uh, and joining us to give us the rundown is Joe Stevens. He is the executive director of the West Virginia Ski Areas Association. Welcome in. Hey, Marcia. Good morning to you. And by the way, at ski resorts, that's not... Uh... The R word is never allowed. It's always underdeveloped snow. Wow. Okay. Uh, good to know. I will make a note of that. So um, I just to, as a disclaimer, I was asked by a listener to uh, have a ski resort update because a lot of folks are out of school and they want a holiday you know, trip. We were able to get over to Canaine a couple times, about six, uh, this last ski season. We're really looking forward to it because it's close to us. Uh, but tell us what the ski uh, picture is looking like uh, like across the state. Well, thankfully, early on, and we were able to uh, really test out the guns at all the ski resorts in West Virginia, including to the far south, Winter Place in uh, Raleigh County, then uh, Snowshoe in Pocahontas County, then, as you mentioned, Canaine Valley and also Timberline in Canaan Valley, the Tucker County area. And we were able to test the guns to get the snow. They've been making snow uh, on and off, but 
Um, up until this mild period uh, for about a 10-day period, there was uh, some really good temperatures for snowmaking conditions at the higher elevations. Plus, my goodness, we got some natural snow um, right before Christmas there that really uh, had things uh, nice and white for the holiday season. So, for the best, for the for the most part, we had the most terrain open of any state in the southeast right now here in West Virginia. We like to say that the West begins here in West Virginia, and uh, a lot of people are skiing and snowboarding and snowboarding uh, snow tubing right now at, at all the resorts through the region. The best way to really, really get a feel, taste, touch of what's going on at your favorite resort, Canaan, Timberline snowshoe winter place and and is to go on to goskiwv.com or any of the individual resort sites because they've all got resort cams and you can see what's going on on the slopes how much snow is out there what trails are open that sort of thing so before you leave you get a you get a feel of what exactly is going on on the slopes so our guest this morning is Joe Stevens from the West Virginia Ski Areas Association. Uh, I know folks may be listening who, who've never really thought about skiing as a, as a hobby or uh, as a vacation or anything like that. What are the ski resorts doing in the Mountain State to kind of draw more people in for the first time skiing and snowboarding? Well, a couple of things. First off, all the resorts in West Virginia have uh, PSIA, Professional Ski Instructors of America members, and they are taught to teach. And I always say it's best to learn from an instructor instead of a friend because your friend's not being paid to have patience to get you down the hill safely. They already know how to ski or snowboard, and they want to go ski and snowboard. So the best thing if you're going to learn is to take a lesson, and that will really teach you the sport of skiing and snowboarding in a safe and uh, and just a fun way, as it may be. Also, um, each year, the West Virginia Ski Areas Association, all the resorts participate in a fourth and fifth grade passport program. We're getting close to being sold out on that, but what it provides for a nominal administrative fee of $40, it's three lift tickets to all the resorts, one to Snowshoe for fourth and fifth graders, and you can go to goskiwv.com and and sign up for that program. You know, what's really good where you're located, Marcia, is the fact that Quarter H is just about finished. At least it it is finished all the way to Davis, and that has cut the travel time down. Route 48 has cut the travel time down from the nation's capital, from the eastern panhandle, into the resorts, especially the ones in Canaan Valley, Canaan Valley and, and Timberline. And then also you've got Blackwater Falls. It's got a great sledding area. And by the way, you've got a really, really cool uh, snow tubing park that opened up last year, Snow Riders, which is there in Harper's Ferry. And when the temperatures allow and they can make some snow, Matt Knott and his guys over there and, and folks uh, provide a good time. So you've got a lot of uh, opportunities right there in the Eastern Panhandle. Absolutely. And speaking of opportunities, uh, there are a lot of jobs related to the ski industry. Yeah, we've got about 5,000 jobs that uh, are related to the ski industry. And may I also say, if somebody wants to get into the ski industry, this is not a bad time because the the help wanted sign is on, is hanging at all the resorts right now from food and beverage to guest services to reservations to on-hill operations to learning to become a, a ski schooler or even a ski patroller. So 
there are a lot of opportunities, but in high season right now, and that's where we are right now with the holiday with us, is we're getting there in the high season. We're, we're, we can attribute to about 5,000 jobs to the industry throughout West Virginia. So uh, when you're, I mean, you're handling ski resorts all over the mountain state. Uh, I know folks have specific questions about maybe a specific ski resort that they want to go to. But we we also know that some of these have nearby lodging. uh, Some of them have lodging attached to them um, to make it kind of a mini vacation. How can folks find out best what packages would work for them? The best way is, I mean, the old-fashioned, I mean, (laughs) The old fashioned. Just Google the the Google. When I'm now saying Google is old fashioned, that's (laughs) um, somewhat of a misnomer. But nonetheless, you can uh, you can Google lodging in the snowshoe area or lodging in the Canaan Valley area and uh, lodging in the Winter Place area, and it'll pop up some uh, uh, opportunities for you. Also, you can uh, probably go to Airbnb, and that would help you. to pick some, especially in the Davis and Canaan Valley area, and also Pocahontas County around the Snowshoe area, the 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 Airbnbs have become very very popular. So that's a way. But may I also give you a little tip? If you can lodge within the resort itself through the resort, a lot of times you can get a discount with your uh, lift tickets and that sort of thing. But everybody has their own preference in the type of lodging. There are different types. The variety of lodging right now for the in this at the ski resorts throughout West Virginia is just immense. And so I, just take some time and find something you like. Our guest this morning, Joe Stevens from the West Virginia Ski Areas Association. You know, we're, we're having rain and cr- pretty moderate temperatures here in the Panhandle today. Using that R word again. Sorry, I'm no, sorry. No, underdeveloped snow. We're having underdeveloped snow here in Thank the you. eastern Panhandle. Um, but I bet they're developing it pretty well over in the mountains. So what's the picture look like prognosticating into maybe Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? We're still going to have some mild temperatures without a doubt, but... The snow's not going anywhere, and right the way that West Virginia is formed with the Allegheny Mountains going from south to north, it creates a bowl. In fact, the eastern panhandle is on the eastern side of those mountains. So when you're seeing um, you know, milder, warmer temperatures in Harpers Ferry and Martinsburg and that area, Shepherdstown, you can probably expect a 10 to 15 degree difference to the summits of uh, Canaan Valley and Timberline and Snowshoe and and Winter Place. So the the, the Allegheny, it creates a bowl so that cold air mass that comes from west to east gets captured around the Allegheny Mountains. And at the higher elevations, we, we continue to be in pretty good shape. But again, the best thing to do is just go on each ski resort's website. They all do snow reports, and they all have webcams, and you can get a good feel of what's going on. Joe Stevens, we appreciate your time from the West Virginia Ski Areas Association. Hope it's a great, long, and safe ski and snowboard season this year in the Mountain State. We really appreciate your time today. Marsha, I appreciate your time. And as I heard you say earlier, you were at Kamein a couple times last year. Let me say that let gravity always be your friend. Love it. (laughs) Thanks so much, Joe. Don't be a stranger. You be safe. Take care. And, of course, that was Joe Stevens from the West Virginia Ski Areas Association. Uh, Just a quick rundown 
uh, as we are having that underdeveloped snow here in the Panhandle, uh, the ski resorts are open, uh, not uh, in Maryland, in, uh, at Whitetail nearby. They're giving their snow a rest because of the rain today or the underdeveloped precipitation. Um, but Canaan Valley is um, has a base depth of 40, uh, 24 to 48 inches, two lifts open, uh, 10 trails open. Snowshoe has a 26 to 38-inch base with uh Five lifts open and 17 trails, and that just kind of gives you a, a picture of some of the closer ones. Of course, there's um, uh, Winter Place uh, down in Raleigh County, which is about four and a half hours uh, drive from here. So, um, you know, you can. there are lots of options, and some of them have lodging close by. Of course, if you go to the Davis area, there's Blackwater Falls and Canaan Valley proper. And as Joe mentioned, there are um, lots of, you know, Airbnb options and uh, private rentals and that as well because uh, it kind of makes it fun if you can spend the night and just hit the slopes uh, the next day fresh, uh, you know, and have a, have a great kind of ski vacation. Hopefully they'll have a wonderful, safe, as I said, uh, ski season. It could last as long as, you know, the beginning of April, uh, depending on how the, the snow features uh, in, the, in the weather and patterns. And we, we know from West Virginia Eastern Panhandle's uh, report that we're probably going to get some measurable snow in about a week, week and a half, uh, uh, early January. So maybe that will transfer into some some good weather for, for snow activity. As you mentioned, in Harper's Ferry, they've got that tube park that has been open. And uh, so lots of things to do that are, you know, fun outdoor activities to get the kids out of the house during their their long winter break. Hoppy will be up with Talkline at the uh, top of the hour, and you can listen to that beginning at 10.06. You've been listening to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.